Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one more time to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. And today we are doing part two of the Wolfie's Childhood Memories Watch Along. And, you know, last week we had Snooka, Morocco, Lawler, Dundee, Hercules, Billy Jack, all these great matches. This week, however, because of the length of the match, it is just one match, baby. And we are watching Flair versus Steamboat, Wrestle War 89 in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, Wolfie, tell them why this match is important to you. Well, because I was there. Um, <laughs> That's was, I awesome. Was, and I was there at this match, like you said, in Nashville. That's my yeah. own. Yeah. Uh, this is the municipal auditorium. And, uh, yeah. And, and it's been years, again, like the ones before, been years since I've have seen this i witnessed with my own two eyes i think i've seen on tape before but i have no idea honestly what the finish is or what the spots are anything like that uh because it's been so long but i was there and that's why this meant something to me and i think this will be fun to watch like almost like i'm seeing it for the first time but just as a kid remembering i was there yeah, that's so cool, dude. I mean, this is an epic match by them. This is the third in a three-part series of theirs. So basically, Steamboat won at the Chi-Town Rumble match. He won the title there, okay? Then, so Flair's rematch, he beats Flair at Clash of the Champions 6, but it ended in controversy because Flair got his foot on the ropes. The referee, of course, didn't see it. This is obviously to build up this match that we're watching right now, which is, of course, happening. Happened in May 7th, 1989. So not, you know, almost 32, 33 years ago. The day. Almost to the day, you know, we're really close to that. What's happened in May 7th, 2022? I'm thinking something pretty important. Oh, yeah. PG-13 reunion, baby, in Portland, Tennessee. Wow. Isn't that nuts? Did that. I know. So May 7th, Portland, Tennessee, PG-13 back together. Bill Dundee will be in our corner, taking on Dangerous Doug Gilbert and the headliner Chris Michaels. Should be good. Oh yeah, and you got you know you got Chris to bump around for you, so y'all be okay. <laughs> the thing that I think is awesome is it's PG thirteen is back together. My my God, like I said when Wolfie told me, I thought hell might have frozen over, but well, we'll see on May seventh. <laughs> yeah. We're crossing our fingers loosely because I believe it's going to happen. I think it's. I think this is the start of a second or third journey for PG thirteen. Even if it's their last match ever, I see some good things coming from this. That's just my hope. So me too. Yeah, we'll be right back with Flair versus Steamboat. <laughs> 
Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're gonna wanna call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. Hey folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, we're back with Flair versus Steamboat Wrestle War 89 in this third of a three-part series. On three, we are going to start at five minutes and four seconds, okay? So go ahead, click the link in the description of this show, move your cursor to five minutes and four seconds, and on go, push start. So it's three, two, one, go. Yeah. All right. I love that title. Yeah. It's hard to believe I was in that crowd. I don't know. I don't remember where I was, but yeah, I don't remember where I was sitting. Well, the municipal, you had a good view anywhere you were. Yeah. 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 Dude. Two of the all time greats right here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just like Dundee and Lawler, they worked well, so well together. You know? Both both the best baby faces in the business when you say it, like as far as selling and best baby faces, isn't yeah. it how both of their names are Ricky? <laughs> Rick Morton. It, yeah. That's you just blew my mind a little bit right there. Actually, yeah. I never even thought of that. <laughs> sell the lockup. Sell the lockup. Sell the lockup. I love it, man. Cause see stuff like this, you just Let's sell the lockup. Let's just sell an arm drag. And that's it. Yeah. We got some time to put in. Let's don't do too much right now. You got to start slow and build, man. You got to start slow and build. Right. Especially when the match has meaning to it. Totally. It's hard to do if you're the first match and you're Johnny Padutsky versus, you know, whoever the mask fucking assassin. No. <laughs> Then, you know, it's hard to do stuff like this. I get that. But, I mean, still, first match shouldn't ever go outside the ring. That's what I was always taught. Uh, Just stuff like that. Right. Flair smacking Ricky. Just sold a smack. Yeah. Chris Rock. Yeah. Oh, man. We took it. 
That's Who's a current a, affair and a half right there. Man. Better than Chris Rock did. Yes, he sold it. Because yeah. Chris Rock didn't sell that sissy slap. <laughs> I mean, Young just said to Flair right there. You might have missed that. There was something said right there. Sell the lockup. Sell the breakup. See, sell the breakup. Oh, bow. <laughs> look at the time. Just look. Let Steamboat sell that first one. Now he sells that second one. Now the punch to the face. Let him sell that. Yeah. Oh, and he fires back. Boom. Here's I love this about Flair. Oh, he don't want to do that too much unless you're Ricky Steamboat. Right. Tell you, I guarantee you, Flair telling him. But yeah, some baby faces fire up too quick, man. They do this can do that but yeah that's he's not giving up that's that's awesome right there Flair Flair. is legendary oh my god the way he takes the backdrop looks kind of painful though to me it always looked painful (laughs) how it was like on his butt bone but I think that was he makes it look good as fuck oh he does I mean I'm serious that's one of the best uh, some people take a backdrop very shitty. I'm very critical on that move when I see people take it. I like to think that I took one very similar to that. Maybe not as good as his, but very similar in the way that I took it because I wanted people to push my thighs and I would post up really hard with both hands and kind of land on my side like he does. But I mean, mine may not look as good as his, but that's what I was going for. Yeah, yeah, no. It's a good one to aim it after, too. Did you see Funk there taking notes? I'm sure he was writing, Lawler, my eye, my <laughs> eye. Or what was his name? <laughs> you know that. He did an interview one time where he legitimately could not think of Tojo's name. Oh. It was a shoot. He could not. And, and they kept it going. And he's <laughs> What was his name? That little <laughs> Japanese son of a whatever. You know, he <laughs> really couldn't think of Tojo's name. He's trying to cut a promo about their upcoming match. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. It's, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Yeah. People can look that. I love the Funker, man. Oh, yeah. Good guy. The battle of the top wrist lock. You don't see that ever anymore either. Yeah, no, because that that's just another part of their deal. But my God, you're right. You don't ever see the battle of the top wrist lock. I love that. And those knees, man, they look like they're killing him. And they might hurt, but they're not. Nah, nah. Ricky was what they call poetry in motion. Am I right about that? I mean, yeah, dude. Yeah, he was like, you know, like a Brad Armstrong, you know? He yeah. Was- just very fluid. I mean, just see that simple shit right there, how they're working the the arm and he, he did the hand thing where he grabbed, he reached his hand up and grabbed, boom, like a high five, locked it and twisted it. You know, right. I mean, something simple, but I mean, it adds so much more to what you're doing, man. Right. Okay. So At while first, they've kind of, yeah, while they're in a rest spot, you know, Brad Armstrong to me, if he had Jesse James, talking he would have been probably one of the greatest of all time am i right about that yeah i, I agree 100 i agree 100 and i've heard he was amazing background work brad uh and and i worked him one time man and i really was anticipating it 
I don't remember whether it was a buildup or whether people were or not, but it's so funny, man, in this business, man, two guys can be really good. And if you don't have that chemistry, it doesn't right. matter. You know, you might have chemistry with 800 other people, but that one person that you don't have it with. And me and me and Brad, we had a good match, which I guarantee you, if anybody's seen it or whatever, they'd say, oh, that was a great match. But for me, and I think for Brad, too, it was just kind of like, uh, you know, it was all right. You know, but for us, that all right was probably really good. But I came out like, man, that could have been so much better, you know, and it's sure. one of those. We walked and talked. We didn't do a lot of, you know, talking about what we was going to do or whatever. We just went out there and did it. And it was good, like I said. But uh, that was one where I was like, man, I'm wrestling somebody that's his caliber. And I'd really like this to be better. And it was not like it was a TV squash match or anything like that. It was, hell, it was in Louisville. And, uh, you know, we did a lot of stuff. And it was an important match. But I don't know. I just, it could have been better to me. And just yeah. Like that happened, but with these two, you got two great workers that have fucking chemistry. Like a mother, look, he's still trying to. You see how he did that right then? Yeah, still tried to hang on to the arm, even though he's getting chopped to death and fists get thrown into the ropes. He still tried to hang on to the arm, which is those little things that make it so believable, man. Oh, yeah, dude, that is just the small piece of the art, in my opinion, you know. Yeah. That's like that's like the fine lines in a drawing, you know. Yeah. I always love Rick in the powder blue, but I think my favorite was the purple for some reason. I just liked flare and purple or the lavender, whatever. <laughs> but Steamboat always was cool in that white get up because he was the good guy, you know. Yeah. It's like the cowboy with the white hat, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I liked it when they gave him the gimmick where he uh, blew the fire and stuff. That was cool to me. Oh, totally. But look, look, see, even I love this, man. Again, working the breakup and where the referee comes into fact, because you're not supposed to do that. The referee's supposed to break you, and nobody works that no more. Yeah. Two nice shots there. Then he bumps. Bumps, but right back up, too. <laughs> look at Ricky selling. Incredible. I love those subtle feeds of these old timers. Man. See how he does his arms and how he's looking to the crowd. He's and, and Ricky Morton does this too. Like I said, the two Rickies stick that arm out and reach to the crowd. Like, help me. Yeah. They do like that. And it's like, man, that's where you get them. Oh, dude. And they did it so effortlessly. I mean, I get chills when I think about that. I seriously do. Because I would have been feeding right yeah. into that. <laughs> yeah. the, the false comeback. The hope spot, as we call it. Here it is. Oh, that hit, face bump. He was about to hit him and Flair walked out on him. <laughs> I love that front face bump that he did. Oh, yeah. That's a Flair spot for sure. That's my only knock on Flair, though. This Flair is awesome. But there's, you know, you can almost tell, like, especially the different type of wrestler he wrestles. If he wrestles a big guy, you know there's certain moves that he's going to take. The press slam, throw off yeah. the top, the yeah. flip, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and when he wrestles guys like Ricky, there's things he's going to do. And, you know, that's the only thing with Flair. I just feel like. If it was still, you know, because what what he was doing, and and I've done it myself, because you didn't have internet and all that stuff, you can go to a different town, do the same shit almost every night, do your same moves, the ones that get the pop, blah blah right. blah. 
Right. You do it but now you can't do that because all your shit, every match you have is going to be on YouTube or something like that. So then people are going to catch on. Oh, he does this. He does this all the time. He does that. So yeah. that makes it a little less uh, cool. But back then, you know, Flair did his thing. Uh, like I said, the the flip over the top, the throw me off the top, the you know, all the bumps that he took. So and a, a press slam from the big guy, a fucking backdrop from everyone. And right. This right. right the, the hip toss out of the corner, you know, he's a great worker. He's fucking awesome. But like I said, I mean, he, and I, I'm guilty of the same thing is, is doing stuff like that, where these are the ones that I'm good at. So I want to keep doing them. But I, I, I love flair. Obviously, you know, that he said in an interview that the reason he did all those same spots is because he went to his favorite wrestler, Ray Stevens, and he went to a Ray Stevens match when he was young, and Ray didn't do like two things. And mm. he, he, when he talked to him later, he was like, why didn't you do that? And he was like, well, I didn't do that every match. So Flair decided, well, every match I'm going to do these moves because that's what people want to see. But you're exactly right. It became formulaic, you know? Yeah. And I get so, what he's saying because, like I said, there's stuff that I do all the time. But it's just, I guess that is kind of still your signature on stuff, even though it's not an offensive move per se. It's, sure. you. it's you. So that is kind of your signature. And maybe people do want to see you do your signature, whether it's offensive or defensive. And maybe we just struck upon something of the guys today that have that mixed up where they think the people only want to see their offensive moves. Right. Well, yeah, there you go. I would always try to think of something good. Usually my opponent would not come up with like a heat spot. I would. Yeah. Here's what I do where I miss this and you do this to me, which usually I always wanted my heat spot to be a big bump, some kind of fucked up. Whoa, shit, you know, and I would usually come up with that. So that's me uh, not caring what I look. Well, you know, I do care what I look like and I know people kind of get that, but sure. Let me let me take something really good for you so that you can start your heat on me, you know, so that I'm really fucked up and I've took something really tremendous from you. Uh, whether you thought of it or not, I'll come up with something that makes you look really good so that you can start beating me up, you know? Yeah, totally. That is a lost art, bro. I think you might need to start a school again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought he was going for the... The rolling knee drop. He doesn't yeah. really drop. That's one oh. thing. That's one move. The way he does it, I don't think I can do it without putting a stamp on somebody's forehead. Or really, <laughs> I was running, jumping one like Randy Savage did to the chest. Running, jumping right. to the knee drop. I couldn't do it like Flair. I, I really, like I said, I think I'd leave an imprint on somebody's forehead the way he did it. Yeah, he had techniques about him. You know, the Savage one always made sense to me. You know, he did the axe handle. He did the knee to the chest. And then it was setting, you know, eventually setting up to the elbow drop, you know. Nice shoulders. Mm. The flare shot. And Bret Hart talks about how much he hates the chops because it's just an <laughs> unnecessary pain. But I think they, I mean, dude, can you it imagine pops. wrestling without a chop? Yeah, it, it, it pops the crowd. They like it. 
but not everybody knows how to throw it real good. And 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 another thing I promise that I emulated from this guy right here is the way he chops. If you'll notice, watch how he you see how he kind of breaks down almost into a squat really quick and then he uses his legs to throw the chop. Yeah. That's yeah. see what I mean right there. He uses his legs and uh and it's a bent elbow until it gets to the chest and it's still even bent a little bit there. I see guys, they try to throw that chop like he does, and it they they swing it. Their arm is straight the whole time. They don't bend, and it's all arm. And it looks like shit. If, if you if you want to throw a chop like Flair, what you really got to look at is not necessarily the hand. It's the way he puts his body into it, and that's the way I tried to do is you squat down just a little bit and then come up and use your legs like a baseball swing or a golf swing. Use your legs and your hips and boom, then throw that uh, that hand in there. And it don't have to be extended when you get there. It shouldn't extend until after contact is made. Then the hand extends. Gotcha. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. So there's the bump right there. There's the flare. He missed it a little bit. So. so see how he covered it? Yeah. Yeah. Probably going to take the clothes on. He said, fuck it. I'll just hook myself and go from here. That's great. Hold on. Let's see something here. Because if if he was going to take the clothes on on the floor, then I guess they just skipped it and said, fuck it. Okay. Yeah. They probably went to the next move because they, I don't know. I feel like he was going to flip over and take the clothes on, then something else. And I think they just on the fly right there said, fuck it, boom, let's go to the next one. And that's how you should do it. You don't never try to do the same one again. Yeah, just I, go. Yeah. Don't, fucking try to read and there ain't no fucking mulligans out there guys there ain't no fucking mulligans <laughs> unless it's blackjack <laughs> yeah did you see wolfie d trying to push steamboat there it was hilarious there was a kid <laughs> going through the the gate or the railing and pushing steamboat and i'm sure that's just annoying to steamboat <laughs> oh there's some in nashville yeah. nashville Finest. Yeah, buddy. Just a second ago, it showed Jim Ross and Bob Cottle. On this side where Steamboat is at right now, up a little bit. I believe that's where I was, up there in the the first uh, little whatever you call that. Mezzanine or whatever. Yeah, there's the kid. That's a lady, actually. Or that's yeah. a fucking baby face. Look, and they're patting him, and he's like, God help me, God help me. That's selling, man. Oh, yeah. That's the one that pushed him on, though. Like, get up and go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm selling. Oh, that's huge. Stiff shots in front of the people. Got to be stiff in front of the people. Got oh, yeah. Ice. Yeah. Oh, dang. Oh, that's good. That's real good. The chase. That looked like a shoot chase, and it was, I think. Oh, there uh, it is. Nice. Oh. Uh. Man. Holy crap. Yeah, good stuff, man. Yeah. There it is. He got it. Boom. He got that time. Boom. <laughs> so they just audibled and said, let's run oh, it again yeah. in a second. Yeah. yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. When you get in that mode and the people are with it and shit, man, you it's amazing what you can do and what you can call and just let's keep going, keep going. It's just like, ah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They're barely. They are. Yeah. Yeah. But they've been going so hard they can get away with it. They got the people up. Now let's set them down for a minute because they're getting ready to get back the fuck up. You know what I mean? That's kind of sure. This long, you got to do stuff like that. There's only so high they can go without it being over. It's kind of like holding back when you're, uh, you know, doing your thing. There's only so far you can go, and you got to go. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, let's slow down, baby. (laughs) And then the the final one, two, three is the money shot. You know what I mean? Yeah, steamboat out of the ring. They're building up again. Yeah. That's how, I mean, you, this is how you got to think of this stuff. That's how it really works. Especially, like I said, if you're going that long, you cannot start at the bottom and end by going straight up. You've got to go up, down, up, down, up, down, up. You know what I mean? It's, it's Sure. Like, yeah. Think about movies when you watch them, you know, or even a TV show. These guys are going, what did we say this that matches 40 minutes? That's almost a TV show, okay? Yeah. If the whole TV show was action, blah, 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 you know, people fighting, blah, 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 and you know how they do on, uh, you know, TV, the, you know, the camera's all over the place. You can't hardly tell what's going on, but you kind of know what's going on. Boom, 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 boom. Think about that for 40 minutes. You yeah. have fuck am i watching that's why you, <laughs> you slow it the fuck down and that's why you tell a story and then you put big moves in between all that yeah that makes total sense so sex and wrestling it's pretty yeah. much you know yeah. don't be a three pump chump all right hit pause on your machine right now we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back with more from wolfie's childhood memories part two Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Jade Roper, the Southern Closer, is here for you if you're looking to buy a home and need the best deal on a mortgage loan. Now, while Jade's heart and soul is helping that first-time home buyer, it doesn't matter if it's your first, second, or the dream home you've always wanted. She is there to help. Jade knows the area, the market, and she's invested in your community. She'd love to help you with all your home financing needs and will make it as easy as possible. All this makes her the official mortgage lender of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Contact her today at 615-681-4282. Email at jroper at primeres.com or just visit the southerncloser.com. NMLS 1794506. Licensed in Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Powered by PRMI, NMLS 3094. PRMI is an equal housing lender. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back from our break. So press play in three, two, one. Oh, oh nice sell. Oh, man, that was good. That was almost like Lawler Dundee stuff right there. Yeah. You see yeah. how he crumpled and fucking grabbed his leg? Here we go. How many chops in this match? Holy shit. I should have did a chop count, but I, I, I it would be too much to. <laughs> should have. We'll say thirty so far. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. One, two, no. Yeah, I love into now. He goes for it a third time. He's trying to win. He is. I love how he's got his arm wrapped under his head, trying to hold that other shoulder down. Yeah, like a amateur uh, type pin. Yeah, yeah. It's the little things, man. It's the little things. He went for a pin four times just then because he was trying to win, and he had it with an awkward amateur style uh, angle on it. Which, like, how much realism does that add? You know what I mean? It does. Yeah. You know, there it was. By the way. Rolling knee drop. Yeah, the rolling knee drop. And you know, people always talked about Flair not being in great shape. Dude is in shape right there, man. Yeah. He, he he's a little, he always has been, but that's his body type. What the fuck? It is. You know, it is. And that's why he always does his tights like that, because he wants to put them uh, love handles up under wraps. But <laughs> always come out, but that's just his body type. And I got one similar, so I ain't going to be mad at him. Right. <laughs> To Tommy Young's a hell of a referee, by the way, too. He is. Young's a hell of a referee. Yeah, Jerry Calhoun, Tommy Young, both, I think, at the top of the list. Is he going for it again? Elbow. Uh, That's like, uh, that's a good, nice elbow. I hate it. I hate the people's elbow, by the way. I cannot stand. Always, when Muda did it, it was different. Right. Right. Does not, you know, Muda did it and it kind of it fit his shit, but I still hated it. I yeah. liked it, hated it because I, I think the elbow drop goes like that. You put your your underarm across their fucking neck and your elbow into their shoulder. Yeah, that's that's a fucking elbow to me. Right. Uh, but the the people's elbow I hated it. And, and for to be a finish, oh, I really hated that, too. But I can't knock the guy. He's fucking over and a millionaire and whatever. But <laughs> And I don't ever remember PG-13 doing the five-knuckle shuffle, but John Cena got it over you Think about it. All you're doing is slamming down like the, the, the point of your elbow against their chest. Oh, but yeah. that elbow that he just did, you're dropping your body weight and your elbow and everything. Oh, I just think it looks more nasty. You know, somebody similar. I always like the fist drop that Hawk did, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, that they was so good. Oh. oh. 
kind of lost him on that one a little bit, didn't yeah, he? He kind of tried to take care of him. That's what that was. He was trying to take care of him a little bit more than he, uh, I'm not going to say more than he should, but he, he was trying to take care of him a little bit. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense as to why it looked like that. He was trying to, he was trying to look like he was trying to hold him, hold his weight from being his weight on the way down, if that makes sense. Now, it's funny. So Flair rolls in to try to win by count out, but Tommy Young is like, I'm not ready to start that yet. So Tommy Young messes with Flair a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. then to delay the counting so right. Steamboat could sell. Yeah. He's, was, he's telling him something right there. Yeah. Still talking to him. Go behind me. Roll me up. I can't believe they didn't show Flair's butt on that. Usually Flair gets a spot <laughs> where he shows his butt. <laughs> oh, is that hard to do? Go uh, out with somebody? Is that yeah. hard to do safely? Absolutely, it's hard to do. But you know what? Just to let you know how good Flair is, when I said he was talking to him, I yeah. guarantee you, he told him every bit of that from the time I said he was talking to him to the pull you in, go behind the Pat O'Connor, the kick out, the, the shoot me in. And then, you know, they flipped over. Flair called every bit of that right then. That's awesome. That That's what I'm saying, man. That's working. And, and that's he, he was just feeling this is the moment to do what just popped in my brain. It probably yeah. it may have been something that he thought about on. Way the show we all do that we think about different spots that we can put in our uh data bank as far as spots to call uh and i'm sure someone like him did that all the time but yeah guarantee that was just one that he pulled out of his data bank and said this 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 yeah. and was good enough to remember it and and execute it right and not even think twice about like really you know you just go with it you he might have called this, 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 this. That don't mean you got to do it that fast. You right. Go, Let me put me in here. This. Okay, let's do this. Then then I'll do that. And then, you know what I mean? And then you get there to everything he just told you to do. And that's why it looks so fluid and just so not rehearsed. Yeah. Yeah. So here's some classic <laughs> flair. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the, the thing is, is Al Snow, I've heard Al Snow talk about why he does forearms instead of punches, which I, I know we don't agree with that, is because of those 10 spots in the corner. But I love those 10 spots, man. I do. Like, you know, the crowd's counting. I mean. It's different, man. Everybody likes a different thing and a different style, you know. And, and Right. What could be this or what could be that. And, I mean, I get what he's saying. But at the same time, I go back to like, most, most things that. People that argue about stuff like that, everybody, Al Snow shoots people in the ropes. I shoot people in the ropes. Ric Flair shoots people in the ropes. Everybody does that. Yeah. If I grab you by your wrist and we're in the ring and I push you on your back towards that rope. Is there any way you're going to bounce off of it and run back at me? <laughs> no, not at all. There's not. So, you know, again, there's, there's all this stuff you can, you can argue, but that to me, it goes back to that. That's the yeah. ultimate one because everyone does it. Everyone right. throws someone into the rope. So if you're going to argue about this doesn't seem realistic, well, okay, let yeah. me legitimately throw you into the ropes. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. 
Because you're going to just try to hang on or even get out of the ring or whatever. You're never going to come back. I mean, you're going to either grab them back and it's never going to happen if they go to try to do that to you. And y'all right. are going to go ground in a grapple. Or right. if they manage to push you towards the ropes, you're going to grab the ropes and you're not going to bounce back and come running at them. So, boom, the big chop off the top. Almost yeah. a snook alike gimmick. Definitely a snook alike gimmick. You know, and Flair just naturally does this, this too. If you I remember know? correctly, this is a crossbody roll through, pull the tights. No, okay, damn. Told yeah. you, I'm a kid in this crowd, and I ain't seen this in years. But good bump. Now he's gonna sell the leg, and why? Psychology says that Ric yeah. Flair has a figure four for a finisher. Yeah, good, good way to set up that. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. There we go. Let's set that up. Yeah. Do yeah. a good spot. Let's do a good spot. You take a bump that's not necessarily a move to your leg, but you, oh, when you fell, you hurt your leg. Oh, now the champion is going to, you know, take advantage of that because that's his move. Right, right. That's that's so true. Look, this thing about it. He can't even get up. He's falling down. He can't even get in a ring. What a seller, man. Yeah. Baby face personified. His facials, I mean, he is just, I mean, just perfect as a baby face. I mean, Flair actually said he never worked heel. He's one of the greatest baby faces all time because he also never worked heel, you know? Yeah, so. Even Punky can't say that. Punky worked heel for a little bit, even against y'all, so. And look how Ric Flair, I want to teach real quick. You see how when he did a suplex, his hand was hooked under the belly button on the tights of Ricky Steamboat. I see a lot of guys do a suplex. And if you want to do it that way, that's fine if it works for you. But they grab the side. They grab the side of the tights. I promise you, you can get more lift and more strength because what I would do was I would grab the tights right under the belly button, just like Flair did, and if they didn't help me, I could still get them because I was strong enough because I would push my my fist into their stomach, keep my arm bent, and use my legs and push them up, and I'd get them to where I needed them. All they had to do after that was put their legs up if they weren't in that position. Someone that could help me, it didn't have to struggle as much. But if I did, I was safe because I, I had my arm where I needed it in case they were the shits and wouldn't go up for me. I had them turned over. You cannot do that from the side. Yeah. There's yeah. The classic figure four here. I used to do this on my brother all the time. Shit hurts, man. It does, dude. Figure four hurts. <laughs> it does. It does. And then when they flip it over, it's not like it doesn't relieve the pressure of the guy getting it. It's right. now just hurting both of you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one move I always loved, and I wish somebody would use it now, is the old Indian death lock that Robert Indian. Gibson would do. Yeah. I think Harley did it. Look, that's selling, man. Reaching for the ropes. Flair cranks it. And then he has to move. He can't grab the rope. Yeah. That's working. I mean, stuff like that. Like, even on an arm bar, you draw, you know, they got you in an arm bar. You draw back to punch them. And the guy should know enough to just crank it. And then you go, oh, and you, the punch goes away. You know what I mean? Right. It's stuff like that, man, that you just... You can't teach that. I mean, I guess you can, but they don't. Right, right. I mean, have all them tapes at the performance center, you know? 
There's no yeah, excuse. I, I, but kick it and he lays it right up there for him. Yeah. Steamboat's doing anything Uh-oh. that he can do. Unorthodox. I'm gonna punch your knee. I'm gonna chop you while you got me. <laughs> Stuff that's believable and God bless it. I miss these days. Gary. Yeah, and he still can't stand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Over dramatic cell. <laughs> oh, but my knee hurts. Oh. One, two. Wow. He, wow. Holy cow. He just won. Because his knee. Yeah. That was great. Now this, if he wouldn't have hurt his knee when he fell out, he would have won. I know. I know. Now don't turn it off yet, folks, because this doesn't end yet. This is pretty incredible. Something that's coming up. It's actually legendary. And it starts a brand new feud for Ric Flair. And I think we all know what it is, but, you know, Steamboat's like, okay, kind of giving Flair a bit of a face turn here, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it makes sense. Of course, Jim Ross is getting in here. I was going to say it earlier. Bob Cottle is also calling the action here with Jim Ross. Bob Cottle is the mid-Atlantic Lance Russell. So just like Lance Russell's voice is almost comforting to you, Bob Cottle's voice is that way to me, you know, because I heard it so much growing up. Now, I love Lance Russell. I still say he's the greatest of all time. But Bob Cottle, he's he's in my opinion, he's up there. Just a smoky mountain, you know. Yeah. Just a really classy guy. I love that title belt, too. I mean, people say it's a little bit much, but my God, it looked like he was a champion of something, you know? <laughs> How'd you like to have to lug that baby around, though? I know you lug some titles around, but golly, that one. That's a lot of weight in your bag. Yeah, no kidding. Jim Ross. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's kind of boring to hear us talk about it, them getting interviewed here, but I promise something cool's coming up right here. Check it out. There's the fucker. Oh, Ricky, I want to tell you. <laughs> kind of. If anybody here's doing, I'm eating KFC right now. Good for you, man. Hmm. You're in Kentucky. I think it's something you got to eat, right? KFC. (laughs) So if I'm not mistaken, Flair kind of just is like talking about himself, but Funk gets a little bit annoyed that he doesn't. Put him over? Yeah, put him over. That's kind of what, you know, Funk just... I love Terry Funk. These are two of my favorites of all time. You put in Lawler, you put in Piper. You know, but these are two of my favorites. Yeah. Did you ever work on a show with Terry? Dude, man. He really is. Yeah. Terry's cool. He really is. I used to love when he would sell and he would get that knock need gimmick going, man. He would just (laughs) had nothing under him, you know? Yeah.
Now they're they're getting a little heated here. Terry's getting offended. I'm gonna give it a little volume here. I want to hear some of this. Wrestling a guy that's been out in Hollywood for five years. It's the bottom line, but I'm looking at the top ten, and you're not in the top ten. Let me conclude this by saying thank you. I'm honored, everybody. Win, lose, or draw, Rick Flair. Rick, please, please let me just say one more thing. I was, I was just kidding you about going ahead and and, and wanting to challenge you. I didn't want to really challenge you. I was just kidding you. So. Ed Gummit, let's go ahead. I'll be for you. Thanks, Jeff. Hey! Oh. Terry laid it in there. <laughs> Terry's a lefty, if I recall. Does that throw things off a little? It can. Yeah. I'm sure not with these two, but. No. You know, Terry just never really stayed anywhere long enough to get a, you yeah. know, he was a daggone, he he traveled, told Vince one time that his horse was sick and that's why he couldn't wrestle at Survivor <laughs> Series. <laughs> that empty arena match with him and Lawler is pretty uh-huh. epic too, you know? You know what? I didn't like it. Uh, yeah. Just like all the COVID matches and stuff. I don't know. Uh, to me, the I, crowd is an essential part of it. It is. You're right. You're exactly right. No, uh, I, and I remember you know, as a kid watching that. I just didn't like it. I thought, this is weird. I guess I just meant if people talk about it in an epic manner, you know. Here it is. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, that See, was ugly, right? <laughs> well, Flair had his fucking hands on the table. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess that's got something to do with the airplane wreck or something or whatever. Maybe right about it, but he had his hands on the table. There's no way you're gonna fucking break that. And Terry's, I, I love Terry, but to me, the Lawler pile driver, and I do not give a good pile driver. I wish I did, but I don't. Right. Uh, probably right. Why I didn't try to use it a whole lot, but. Uh, the Lawler pile driver, the Orndorff pile driver style is the best. Terry's, I didn't ever like his. I didn't like Harley races. Uh, what was the other guy? Mr. Pile driver. What was his name? Oh uh, God. Uh, Bob root maybe, or something like that. Yeah. 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 I do like that style of, uh, fall back pile driver. Lawler bumps and sits out with it and see, yeah, that, that just wasn't going to work. I don't I, know. I, here, what it looked like is Funk knew he didn't have him in a good position, and I think he uh, overcompensated but, for it. So, if I could really look at that, that if that's a and the, yes, it is. That is a six foot table. Those are hard to break. You got to get an eight foot table in order for it to be easier to break. Um, right. Tommy, when Tommy Pile drive Jamie through the table uh, on that cage match we were talking about last week, uh, that was a six foot table. And what happened was, instead of it, you know, uh, excuse me, breaking in the middle and you know, do it just folding. 
Tommy and Jamie actually went through the fucking table because Tommy gave a good pile driver and he jumped with it. If he wouldn't, yeah. have, thing wouldn't have broke. But he jumped, and when he sat through it, they busted out the middle like it didn't cave in the middle. Right. The whole thing just shattered, and they went through it. And like Tommy, like there were still screws from those uh, metal braces around it or whatever. And uh, one of those screws went into Tommy's back when he went through it. And I mean, ripped him from his fucking asshole to his fucking shoulder blade, man. Golly. Yeah. yeah you do an eight foot table on that. That's what happened there. Well, you know, that's some great analysis. I think this is a lot of fun. I want to do these more in the future, too. You know, that match is the only match we're watching for this episode. Obviously, it's a 45-minute match. So, you know, that wraps up part two of Wolfie's childhood memories. Wolfie, you know, just get to thinking we need a Macho Man match. I think we need a Road Warriors match in the future. I like doing these. You know, Wolfie's childhood memories to me are fun because, you know, they're similar to my childhood memories. So, we've seen the age of the viewers of our show, and, you know, I think it's probably going to be a lot of y'all's memories too so these are going to be a lot of fun you know but anyway that wraps it up for this episode we are going to now go to our always popular current affairs dj hit the music it's a current affair it's a current affair All right, we're back with current affairs. And Wolfie, just like everybody, I, I am chock full of pro wrestling at the moment. I don't think I could take another video or anything, man. WrestleMania weekend is not only a huge weekend for WWE, it's also a huge weekend for wrestling as a whole. Right. Man, I am so almost sick of wrestling right now, but I just kind of wanted to talk to you about WrestleMania here. You know, the biggest things, Cody Rhodes made his appearance or return to WWE in a winning effort over Seth Rollins. Of course, I talked to you about this off air, but AJ Edge match, I really thought the match was amazing up until the ending and the finish. And then obviously the big one, 2022, the year of the comeback for amazing wrestlers who shaved their head stone cold returned yeah. just like wolfie did in february so anyway give us a little rundown i know you watched a little bit of wrestlemania what's your uh, take on all that i thought it was good uh like i say you know i don't watch much but as far as watching a whole show and that was the first wrestlemania i watched probably since the wrestlemania that i was on i watched all that but uh i watched both nights uh and it was good like those matches that you mentioned were good i think stone cold you know golly for his age and everything he did what he needed to do and you know mcmahon probably took the worst stunner in the history of stunners uh, but that he's never took them good, but that was a truck. I don't know how you really screwed that up. Yeah. But, but yeah, man, I mean, it was stone cold and it's one of those things where he didn't have to do a lot. He's stone cold. He's just there to be stone cold and let the people see stone cold live. Yeah. You know, I almost could tell that he was going to do something physical when he wore the double knee braces out there. You know, that's kind of his old deal, man. You know, jean shorts, Austin 316 t-shirt, and a couple knee braces. And you know he's coming out to fight. As a wrestler, what do you think of WrestleMania from when you were there 
at WrestleMania to now. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I know you did a Royal Rumble that was 60,000 people, so that was not too far off of the amount of people at this location. Just the epic of WrestleMania. What, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's 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 the events, the Super Bowl of wrestling. And, I mean, the real difference from then to now is is not a whole lot other than more technology as in the lighting and you know the things that they can do to make it look a certain way uh and the style of wrestling we've talked about has changed somewhat um and i didn't see there wasn't a whole lot of that that i was like cringing at that i can recall it's still it's been you know a minute ago but yeah yeah there wasn't a whole lot that i cringed at and 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 having not been up on the storylines and everything, I was like, why is Randy Orton in a leadoff match with these guys? And so those kind of things, I was like, I thought he was one of their you know, top dogs. And to me, it's like he's fallen down the ladder. I don't know. You know, like I say, I don't know the backstories and all that. So I don't know if I'm, uh, you know, accurate with saying that. But it just seemed awkward to me that they fought like that. Yeah. Know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that, uh, but the AJ and and Edge was good. Cody and Seth Rollins was good. They're, those were good matches, you know. Can't really. I don't think there was anything on there, uh, like I said, that made me cringe or anything. I mean, it was a, it was a good two two nights of wrestling. Yeah, and, I mean that was it. it. You know, if you had your pick, and you know, having watched it, and like you said, it's been a minute now. But what would you have said was the match of the weekend, in your opinion? Um, it would it'd be a toss up between those two, the AJ's and and uh, and Cody's. I would imagine. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Brock and and Roman was was good. I don't know if those other two to me were better. Um, and, and then they said something about he hurt his shoulder. I think that was a work for the finish. I don't. I don't think that was legitimate, or he wouldn't have been able to raise his hands, and he would have been in. I feel like a lot more pain. And then you did. I, I haven't seen any follow up on that. He got hurt, so no. He was fine on Raw the next night. That's like the only Raw I actually watch in normal speed. <laughs> you know, I wanted to get your take on that. I, you know, like you said, it's a spectacle. Speaking of spectacles, though. Recently, on the Mike Tyson Hot Boxing podcast, Ric Flair was a guest, and there are news that Mike Tyson has bought the rights to Ric Flair's Ric Flair Drip Cannabis Company. What do you think about the Nature Boy getting in the weed industry? <laughs> that is a uh, that's news to me. Yeah. Uh, that is a trip, actually. I thought he was more of a drinker than a smoker. Right, right. But, you know, you put his name on something, more than likely it's going to do good just because of that. Yeah, we might need to do a testing episode. Anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. One other thing before we go, a couple weeks ago, Tony Khan came out on AEW at the very beginning of the episode, and he said he had an epic announcement, and everybody thought it was a pro wrestler, maybe Bray Wyatt or Braun Strowman or somebody like that, and that he recently bought the rights to Ring of Honor. So basically, he is now running AEW and Ring of Honor. Rumors are that the main thing is, is for the library, much like WWE when right. they bought WCW. Now, 
the biggest news about that, in my personal opinion, is the rumor is, is it's actually going to HBO Max. So AEW will be similar to WWE on Peacock, but it will be on HBO Max with all the pay-per-views and libraries and all that going to be there soon. Makes sense to me because AEW doesn't have that library to build on. Right. And Ring of Honor, you know, I mean, what was it? Maybe in the top three at its best yeah. Whenever, you know, you had you had WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor. Did you ever do any business with Ring of Honor? I think that's the only one I've never heard. I think I was pretty much on my way done when that came around. I don't, I don't recall any. Uh, I don't really don't recall them when I was, you know, heavy wrestling or whatever. Uh, yeah. So I haven't done anything with them. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, it makes sense. But at the same time, it, the, the biggest factor to me is that they're going to be on HBO Max, which is that's that's pretty big. You know, it's not. Just, oh, yeah. To me, I think it sounded better to have a WWE network as opposed to you can watch WWE on this thing called Peacock. That is a right. secondary of NBC, I guess. And, you know, the, but HBO Max is HBO Max. It's not. A secondary HBO called something other than HBO. Yeah, uh, right. So that sounds good. But at the same time, again, like I've said a hundred times, man, I just don't see until until Vince and, and them are ready to close up shop or sell the shop. I just don't think you can compete with them. I just don't. It's it, it's the NFL. It's like trying to compete with the NFL. You know, you, you've had these leagues pop up, XFL, the right. USFL, the European League, all that stuff, and none of them can even touch them, man. Right. And AEW has their niche of fans that follow them and think everything about it's great. Right. But it's not the mainstream uh, people, you know, and those are the ones you're going to have, uh, again, your people that are going to watch the product that they like, regardless if it's good or bad, regardless if they just want to watch it to knock it, whether they watch it because they love it. Right. There's people. And then, like I say, you have your Stone Colds and your Hulk Hogan's and these people that come along every once in a while. The Rock, John Cena, they come along every once in a while. And then it makes wrestling cool again. And people that normally don't watch will start watching for whatever reason. And I just don't see, I mean, obviously adding an ROH library isn't going to do it. <laughs> and, uh, so AEW is going to have to, uh, you know, find that guy, man, and, and book him right. And uh, have him, uh, you know, the dragon to slay. And yeah, it's a formula that you almost can't describe it. it just i mean i can describe it in that way but whether it's actually going to take off it could be the greatest idea in the world but whether it actually takes off requires just uh, an x factor and a, a perfect storm type of deal yeah and I, that's what they would have to do so i mean yay for them you know for staying in he's got like he's got the money to pretty much do whatever he wants right but no, I don't. I don't know his bank account, and I don't know how long that can go on, or how long he can lose, or if sure. they're losing right now. And that's usually been the thing with the up and coming wrestling promotions that try to compete is how much are you willing to lose, you know, to try to take over. So that's always yeah. been. And one Vince has his uh, a foothold and has had a foothold since the 1980s, right? Wrestling market. So how do you dethrone that? I mean. 
Yeah. Now, I don't see John Cena in AEW. I don't see Hulk Hogan in AEW. I don't see, you know, any of the guys, Stone Cold in AEW. You know what I'm saying? I don't see that because you know why? Because when you have made it to the NFL, you don't then, Tom Brady ain't going to go play for the USFL, right? Right. Right. So, I mean, I know you've already made this point in so many ways, but I was just trying to kind of spread that out a little bit and show that, hey, I like AEW. I really do. I enjoy it. But to me, their stars were made on WWE TV. So what does that say? You know, kind of like uh, WCW was. Yeah. And everything. I mean, yeah, the whole Nitro Wars and everything and all that. That was great. The Monday Night Wars was great. But then it became... And it's what even the, you know, average, not, I don't want to say average fans, but above average fans will say, oh, this just, you know, WCW 2.0 is what AEW is. And I mean, it, it kind of feels that way. Right. It does. And I hope it gets that way. You know, they get a Goldberg. They get, you know, really, you think about WCW stars. Ric Flair made his name in the territories in NWA. By the time WCW came around, he was probably close to being 40, 45. Then Sting and then Goldberg. Really, those are the two stars that you know, we're WCW guys, in my opinion, you know, and Goldberg did become epic, but I don't think he was ever as big as Stone Cold. Sting became big, but he was never as big as Hulk Hogan or the Ultimate Warrior. I love WCW. I know you did, too, you know, yeah. but but anyway, yeah, I yeah. liked the WCW before the Outsiders came in and all that stuff. I like it back, you know, the 80s, early 90s and stuff. Oh, me, too. Yeah, that was- Good stuff to me and then and, you know hell the monday night wars was the one thing but after that was over it kind of went downhill you know right well you were there at the tail end of it of the wcw run and when you get there they had kind of already recycled the nwo idea into two factions is hulk there is not is russo there uh, you know all these things that really they were trying to you know, it's like when your your heat goes out and you have to go relight the pilot, but you're out of you know gas or the natural gas isn't coming through. That pilot light will light, but it won't stay on, you know. Right. But anyway, well, uh, you know, uh, that's basically it for current affairs today. You want to take us out, Wolfie? Yeah, I'll take you out. Uh, take us out. Take everybody out. Uh, <laughs> I do want to plug that uh, this weekend I will be in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana for the Squared Circle Expo. That will be the 15th and the 16th. So I I know the tickets are, if they're not sold out, they're very close. And that was a couple of weeks ago. So if you're planning on attending that event, uh, you might want to get your tickets. But uh, I'll be there along with, man, this, this thing is stacked as far as talent. I mean, everybody that's everybody or has been anybody is on it. Uh, right. I just feel kind of uh, humbled that they asked me to be there. So and yeah. anyway, I'll be doing that. Uh, and then coming up on May the 7th, uh, Portland, Tennessee, uh, PG-13 is going to get back together again for a match and some signings. We're facing uh, Dangerous Doug Gilbert and the headliner Chris Michaels uh, in a Memphis Mayhem uh, match, which I think that means we're going to be going all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> nice. To me. But uh, so that, that those two things are coming up. 
Um, again, like I always say, thank you to the fans. If you want to be a sponsor or just someone that donates, uh, get a hold to Jimmy. Um, and Pro Wrestling Tees, go to the Live and in Color uh, with Wolfie D podcast store. And there's plenty of shirts to choose from. That helps us out. Uh, also, contact me directly for the uh, pint size all-stars of PG-13 uh, or 8 by 10s and stuff like that. So, again... Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been Wolfie D with Jimmy Street on Live and in Color with Wolfie D. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. The podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics, to superstar interviews, to action figure expertise. This team does it all, and all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the big picture, Michael Jablonski. Don't forget to tune in every week to Jablonski's Pissed Off on the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. The fuck's wrong with this sport? He's gonna tell you all about it. He doesn't care what you think. You're gonna hear all about it. Mike Jablonski. If you're a pro wrestling fan, there's something for everyone at the Cheap Heat TV Podcast Network. From the Pro Wrestling Discussion Show, Cheap Heat TV Live, to the Interview Show, the Jackson Interaction Podcast with the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson, to the silliness of the Whitey Jenkins Show, and the brand new Zip, Xander's Irresistible Podcast with Charles Anders, you can check them all out and much more over at CheapHeatTVLive.com. In a world that has been completely divided for so long, two movie fans have decided to unite for the people and the betterment of mankind. One, an action movie buff. The other, a horror movie fanatic. Together, they will try to bridge the gap of both genres into one podcast with their battle cry, Give Me Back! My action and horror movies. Listen along as Charlie and Nate alternate each week talking about action and horror movies they cherish, mostly from the VHS era. Also, including some modern examples that felt like the movies they grew up with by answering the battle cry. Give me back my action and horror movies. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Look them up on Facebook and Instagram. So that was another great episode. 
Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. Uh, I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at LiveWolfieD. And then on YouTube, at Live and in Color with Wolfie D Podcast. Our website is anchor.fm slash WolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. Also, do you have a product or business you'd like Wolfie D to talk about? Let us know about it by leaving a recorded message over at anchor.fm slash D slash message. Leave your name and contact info and we'll get back to you. Once again, that's anchor.fm slash D slash message. And before we go, you can always find me your host jimmy street at james rock street on twitter instagram and youtube and hey jimmy before we go real quick i just want to add in there uh from the bottom of my heart i really appreciate first of all the work you've done for this podcast you have worked your butt off secondly the people that are liking the page beyond that even more is the people that are listening and we really appreciate that yeah and remember guys the podcast drops a new episode every monday at noon and our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats thanks again i got a cap for you don't he got a cap for you don't i got a cap he got a cap for you don't he got a cap And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still loving it in color. Don't rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap. I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Tired of suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Lay low for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks from over one for later. Not here to play games, so you better beware. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. All the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you want to get dropped. When I finish, I'll straighten knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Driving it home, it's Wolfie D, baby. Huh? I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.